now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'm one of a kind on the radio. Thank you for being the best damn radio host in Pittsburgh. It's a family affair. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, it's a real pleasure to talk to Dale Lolly, who covers the Steelers for DKPittsburghSports.com. Dale, let's start with the contracts the Steelers uh, agreed to today. A four-year deal with Vince Williams, a five-year deal with uh, the kicker, Chris Boswell. Let's stay with Boswell first. Uh, that's a long deal to give a kicker. What kind of dough did he get? Uh, how much is guaranteed? And, you know, I can't say it's not worth it because he's a guy who's won a lot of games for the Steelers in the recent past. Yeah, uh, we haven't. Uh, it's a four-year, $20 million deal. So it basically averages $4 million a year, or five-year, $20 million deal, I should say. And that's pretty much what the going rate has been for kickers of late. Uh, that makes him the sixth highest paid kicker in the league. Um, you look at the guys who are ahead of him, it's the, you know, the Justin Tuckers and, and Steven Guskowski's guys like that. So really you got a 27 year old kicker who they like, obviously they want to keep him around and that'll keep him around until he's 32. Um, he'll still be in prime age for a kicker. I mean, they can kick till they're, you know, mid to late thirties. I'm assuming that not a lot of that was guaranteed, right? Yeah, I don't know what the exact numbers are on on the the signing bonus and all that stuff. I, I can't imagine it was a big signing bonus. I mean, when you're talking about twenty million dollars, so if he gets, let's say he gets, you know, six or seven million of that guaranteed, that's not it's not a bad deal. It doesn't it would lower his cap hit for this year. It was he was scheduled to make two point nine million, so they could probably get that number a little bit lower for this year. Well, and to reiterate, he, he's a guy that has won a ton of games with big kicks. Uh, look at last year. I think it's reasonable to say Dale. That if Chris Boswell's even average last year, the Steelers win 10 or 11 games instead of 13. Yeah, I mean, you look at the kicks that he made. Four game winners last year. Three of those were with time running out or with, with the clock expired. It's I mean, incredible. It's, it's incredible. And, he, and he's uh, he's the ice man. I mean, he just doesn't it doesn't phase him. I've talked to him about it. He's like, look, I just approach every kick that, like it's the same. He's made 90% of his kicks in his career, which if you think back, I mean... It wasn't that long ago if a guy made, you know, 9 out of 10 kicks you were having a parade for him and now it's now that's what's expected. Uh and the other contract Vince Williams got uh, we're told 20.6 mil over 4 years. That kind of surprised me Dale, because I'm not sure he's proven he can be an impact player without Ryan Shazier on the field and unfortunately Shazier's not going to be on the field probably ever again. What's your take on that contract? You know, I talked to uh, Jerry Olsavsky by As It Were Today, which was kind of funny. I'd asked for him for the last uh, week and a half or so, and I finally got him today. And so I was talking to him about the inside linebacker position in general, and I asked him, I said, well, who's going to wear the dot this year? Who's going to be the communicator on the field? And he said, well, it's going to be Vince because he's going to be on the field the most, which kind of surprised me. I thought maybe it might be Bostic. And he said, look, he's you know Vince is a guy who continues to improve. He said, if you would have told me when Vince – when we drafted Vince in the sixth round in 2013, that he would be a guy who would get eight sacks in a season, I'd have told you you were crazy. He said, but Vince continues to work on his game and improve every year. He just works at it. Uh, so I think they expect bigger things from Vince this year. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's going to get eight sacks again. I think that that's you know everybody knows now that he's coming on those kind of things. But but he can be a guy who can be somewhat impactful, and you're not going to replace Ryan Shazier with just one guy. I think if, if they had, um, you know, if they could make a Frankenstein's monster, maybe they could. You know, you can just kind of cobble a bunch of guys together. But even in the draft, there was really one guy, uh, the kid who got drafted by the Bears. He was the only thing that was even close to... Roquan Re- Smith. Yeah, Roquan Smith was the only guy close to being able to replace Ryan Shazier uh, on the football field. So you, you got to try to do it a different way, and part of that equation is Vince Williams. 
We'll get back to the inside backers in a second, but let's talk about the Steeler D in general because the third preseason game is Saturday at home. Tennessee's coming to town. And what in particular do the Steelers just need to do better on defense deal? After what happened at Green Bay, it strikes me as being a pretty big game for an exhibition. Yeah, I, I think well, it is because they also game plan some for this game. They they do no really no game planning for the first. It's two. the closest to a real game yeah. we see in the preseason. The this, third game. Yeah, this week they've they've treated this whole week like it's a, a regular season game week. So they've done some film study. They've done some game planning on on what they're going to see from Tennessee. So it's not just going to be them out there running their base defense or their base offense. And you know we're going to get to see Ben Roethlisberger on offense, but we're also going to get to see a lot of the. The defensive packages. I, I, you know, if you look at what they've done in this preseason, they've basically played their base and nickel defenses exclusively. They ha- we haven't seen the dime yet, and we ha- certainly haven't seen the quarter or the uh, dollar defense yet, which they've repped a lot throughout training camp, but they haven't done it in the game. Uh, I'd like to see that a little bit, but maybe they're saving that at this point for Cleveland. They want to they want to break that out in regular season. They don't want to put that, it on that's film. That's a slippery slope, though, to break it out in the regular season after never even having played one snap in a preseason game. Yeah, it is. And, I, and when I, I first talked to Joe Hayden about it, he goes, yeah, we'll probably rep it a lot in the preseason to see what it looks like. Well, we're still waiting to see it. I mean, I've seen it in practice. I see, it looks like it could be an effective defense when you get into third and long situations. But until you see it you know, on the field in a, in a game situation, you just don't know. Well, Dale, give me some hunches here because there's no way to predict. But how much will the Steelers play their base 3-4, and how often will they play the nickel – the dime and the dollar. I'm talking regular season. Well, last year they were in their base defense about 30% of the time, give or take. Um, that was one of the the most in the league, actually. Um, so, I, But I expect that number to go down considerably this year. I, I expect to see a lot more uh, you know, situations where they would normally be in their base defense. Maybe they're in a nickel instead. Uh, situations where they would have been in the nickel in the past, maybe they go to the dime. Everything kind of moves up Everything one bumps, slot. Yeah, yeah. Because and I the think... nickel becomes de facto... The base D. More or less, yeah. And, and I think that, that could be effective for them because I think when you look at their best, you know, if you're trying to put your 11 best defenders on the field, um, I would say, you know, at least five or six of those best 11 defenders are defensive backs. Now, let's stay with the DBs. Who's looked good among the DBs and who's disappointed so far? You know, I really like what I've seen from Cameron Sutton. Uh, he's a guy that, that everyone conti- says that continues to make plays and, and he's smart and he can play a bunch of different. Uh, positions for you. Uh, I think I think Edmonds has a, a bright future in this league. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I've, I was like everybody else. I was kind of shocked by the pick when they made it. Uh, but when you see him on the football field, you're like, okay, I, I can see why they made that pick. Uh, I think he's going to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if he'd be a star, but he can certainly be, a, you know, have a bright future in this league. Um, I think well, our, he can be that hybrid type of guy, yeah. Kenny. He I, I don't want to compare yeah. him to Pulamalu, but do the same job kind of. Yeah, and they've got several guys like that. Sutton's a, a guy that can play safety for you. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. Uh, and, and so same thing with Edmonds. He can do a bunch of different things with him. And, and, and to a certain extent, Morgan Burnett is that kind of player as well. Um, I, I'd like to see more out of him uh, if you want to talk about disappointments. Yeah, some people have said he's been a bit disappointing so far, but couldn't that be a veteran knowing when it's cruising time to turn through, it yeah, up? Yeah, cruising through preseason and cru- cruising through training camp. Uh, and he's missed some time here and there, so it's difficult to look at that. Um, I, I really think that the secondary is going to be improved this year. I think I, th- I think it's going to be a lot better. They have a lot of guys there, and, and the great thing about having those hybrid type guys, Mark, is that if you're in that package, 
uh, let's say you get caught with with six defensive backs on the field and they go hurry up on you and they go to a bigger, you know, okay, we're going to go a tight package here. We're going to try to run the football. Well, when you've got some of those hybrid guys on the field, it's not going to be out of the norm for Terrell Edmonds to be up, up in the box or Burnett to be up oh, in the box. That's what they prefer, those two. Right. So, I mean, it, it could really work to the Steelers' uh, advantage. We're talking to Dale Lawley. You can check out his work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Two guys I want to ask specifically about are Artie Burns and Sean Davis because you keep hearing that they still need time to develop, but they're in their third year in the league. A lot of guys in the league at DB after three years are really like established players, and these guys aren't. Is that disturbing? I mean, I guess I guess they play a lot. They're established in that way, but they're as, they, as good as they should be, especially Artie, who, of course, is a first-round pick. Well, if you look at Artie, he was the sixth cornerback taken that year. Um you know, so you're you're not. Yes, he was a first round pick. It's kind of like Terrell Evans. Yes, he was a first round pick, but he was at the bottom of the first round. Um, you know, so really, once you get that's past, where the Steelers usually pick, and that's where you're usually picking. So that's why, in, in, for example, you've seen them draft some younger guys with some growth potential. Uh, right, they'll take a chance on some of those younger guys. Artie's one of those guys. I mean, Artie's still 24, 25 years, 24 years old, I believe. Uh, you know, and this is going into his fourth, uh, third season in the league. Um, there were corners coming out in the draft this year who were younger than Artie. Right. Um, so th- there's some growth development and, and potential there for him. I, I think, you know, I think he's going to be much better this year than he has been. They really need that, don't they? They do. And, and he yeah. really needs that too. I think. Yeah. Uh, you can't just have one good corner in this league anymore. You have to be able. You have to be balanced on both sides of the field because teams throw the ball so much that that if you have a weak point, they will attack you and attack you and attack you. Um, as for Sean Davis, I mean, he's. This is what his third position switch now. They started him out. He's, he's playing in the slot his, his rookie year. Then they okay, we're going to shut him down a little bit, move him back to strong safety. Now you're going to move him to free safety. And it's an, as much as they want to say that the, the, the two are interchangeable, they're really not. I mean, you're looking at things from a completely different perspective at free safety than you are at strong safety. Um, now, I think he has the athleticism to play that position. Uh, I think he has the hands to play that position. The question is going to be: Does he have the instincts to play that position? And that we haven't see, we haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. But he is the starter right now, right? He's the starter at free safety, and he, he's going to be. They don't have anybody else. Yeah, no, nobody really could supplant him there, correct? I, I, I what, mean, what, what would Plan B be? I, I Let's guess, say he got hurt. Either. I guess Plan B would be Burnett at free safety, and that's not ideal uh, because he doesn't have the range of a, of a true free safety. And, and then you put Edmonds in at strong safety. And allow his athleticism to, to, to play there, but um, I mean, if they if that happens and they have to do that, um, I think they're probably better off than they were last year with Mike Mitchell there, but maybe not a whole lot better than Mike Mitchell. Now, you think Vince Williams is going to be on the field the most for the inside backers? How will the roles shake down for guys like Bostic and and, and Matikavich, the other inside backers? Well, Bostic's now the starter, and that's the way they've Which been. Which we always yeah. kind of figured, right? They've been playing it that way in both the first two preseason games. Uh, they finally made it official and moved him on the depth chart this week. Uh, but that's been the, the plan all along. But they wanted to give Matikavich every opportunity to uh, to show that he couldn't do that job. And I think he's done a pretty good job of doing that. <laughs> um, and, and nothing against Tyler, but he's he's limited athletically. Uh, right. You know, and, I, and I asked Jerry Olsaski today, I said, you know, 20 years ago, he's a guy that plays in the league for 10 years because it wasn't, you know, you didn't throw the ball as much as you did then or do now, and he said, yeah, but there's still a place for those guys in the league. Um, now, whether whether that's special teams, whether that's whatever, but, you, I mean, you do have to win on first and second downs, but any time that the ball is in the air, he's a liability. 
Yeah, and really, isn't that why the Steelers can only go with one inside backer most of the time? Because I think when two inside backers are in there, even if it is Williams and Bostick and they're doing okay, I think the other team goes right after them. Well, you have to. I mean, that's what that's what you're going to do, and and uh, you know. That that's the reality of the game today. That's that's what teams will do. I mean, you know, we we start start to happen back in what was it, two thousand and two, uh, when the when the Patriots and Raiders came out and threw the ball all over the Steelers on the, in the first two games, and they re, they refused to change. They stayed in their base defense. Well, now you 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 know your base defense is that nickel and maybe even more dime uh, packages. So that's just the reality of today's game. That's why Ryan Shazier was such a special player because you never had to sub him out. He was like, you know, everybody said, well, move him to safety. Well, that was the great thing about him is that you could play him wherever he could play, make plays at all three levels. You have to be able to do that in today's game. What's Bud Dupree been doing so far? Him and TJ Watt switch sides to really try to open up the pass rush more for Dupree to make him more of a pure pass rush specialist. Obviously, TJ Watt hasn't played much. Uh, in the preseason. What's your take on Dupree? If my eyes didn't see me, Dale, he was doing some stuff coming up the middle even a little bit, and he looked pretty good doing it. Yeah, I, I think he – I talked to, actually talked to TJ about this yesterday, and he said you know, he feels he bends much better coming off the left side. Um, he has more pass rush moves. He said he called him – he has more pitches in his, uh, in his arsenal coming off the left side. And I really think that's ideally what this move was made about. You want TJ Watt to be as comfortable as he can be, but I think Bud Dupree on the other side, that serves him well, uh, largely because, A, he's working next to Cam Hayward, who you know is going to get double teams, and B, I, I think when you look at the left tackles in the league, um, they're more finesse guys. Um, you know, I think Bud is a, is a big, powerful guy, uh, and I think you know he can maybe overpower some of these left tackles. We saw a good, quick first step in the Green Bay game, and he got to the quarterback. Uh, pass rushing so much about confidence, and I feel I think both these guys feel more confident on those sides. Uh, I didn't leave much time to talk about the offense, but that's because I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> we know that's going to be all right. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with the offense, but you know it's it's always good to see Ben play. But you know what I always wonder about Ben's going to play like what two series? Probably, yeah. Is it even worth him playing the two series? I, I think there's some value to really? it. Really? Yeah, I think there's some value to it. I mean, you saw it with Aaron Rodgers last week. He gets out there, he goes in, he throws a, you know, moves him 40 yards for a touchdown. You get him out of there. Probably won't play again this preseason. Uh, much the same thing with Ben. You just want to get him on the field, get him a taste uh, of, of the game, and let him go and, and get him out of there before anything bad happens. James Washington's looked pretty good, hasn't he? He looks like he could be a future star. You know what I like about him? What, what's the term Tomlin uses? The battle catches. Yeah. If you throw in traffic, even when he doesn't get it, you have to pay a price to not let him get it. He's got it's some really Antonio incredible. Brown in him with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like he just he's all fingers and elbows. Yeah, and Dayon compared him a little bit to, to the hands, the hand strength to uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and I kind of see a little bit. He's, maybe he's not as good as Larry I mean, Fitzgerald has the best, once he gets his 